This week on Kettle of Fish. Hi, I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, welcome to our special 50th episode of Kettle of Fish. I'm Saucy, this is my co-host D, and this is my other co-host D. <laughs> Actually, no. This is my co-host, Fern, who sometimes gets called D for some reason a lot, and my producer, D. What is up, guys? What is up? Yes. Fern? Have... Uh-oh. That's what I get called. I'm actually privileged because D is awesome. Aww. So it is Fern's all good. Awesome. So we're, we're all kinds of super love Smooches amongst you two. Yep. Smooches all the time. That happened. That happened to us. They, they would look at you and... And uh, if I'm out in the street or something, they'd say, who do you play? Which one are you? <laughs> so I guess we, we were need ID sort of cards inter- interchangeable, we which I took as a compliment. Mm-hmm. They may you not. You just tell some little good. hello. My name is William slash Larry. All right, Dee, before we jump in with our guest today, yes. tell everybody what's coming up on the Kettle of Fish and TinCan.media. Yes, um, we do actually have a new episode of Life is Hard coming on, and we have added a new vodcast called The Padula Show. Uh, if you enjoy seeing some guys sit around and randomly random um, with consumable nonsense, then... From the a Padula- grocery store. Yes, then The Padula Show is just what you need. Um we have also got some awesome stuff. Next month uh, on Musical Osmosis, we have the Reformed Whores, who you may know as currently touring with Weird Al Yankovic, and soon to be at the uh, Shea Gomez Super 40th B-Day Party Extravaganza. Um, and we are also going to have uh, Buick Audra from the Friendship Commanders is going to be on to talk music. And on the 26th of this month, we are having our special Political Animals of Pride show with the same musician and also activist, Buick Audra Friendship Commanders, uh, co-founder of the Tennessee Progressive League, George Ward, and anti-racism activist, Dixon White. And we are going to discuss all things politics and mostly Tennessee because everybody's in Tennessee, which is kind of cool. Um, and we are also having the very talented Fiona Duriff on, um, from Dirk Gently Holistic Detective Agency. That's going to be in April also. And she's currently overseas, uh, filming The Cult of Chucky, which will be super awesome, I'm sure. So yeah, lots and lots of really cool things coming up. And I, it's just going to be awesome. John Lear will also be back on yes. for the 51st episode. John Lear will be back on our next episode, the 51st, to tell us all about turning 51. Um, and he's going to have to update us on how all those pilot pitches are going with all the big networks. Because I know they're they're working really hard with Howler.TV to um, pitch all these great, great show ideas to the different networks. That so are much great comedy coming yes. out of that network right now. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but today, today we have the super duper 50th kettle of fish. We've done hundreds of other shows, but this is our 50th kettle of fish. So we wanted to make it super duper awesome special for everybody out there. And we actually have on the line, in addition to the three of us, we have Mr. William Sanderson, John Volstad, and Tony Poppenfuss. Oh my gosh. Did they play someone significant on television? (sighs) Of course, they only play my favorite trio of brothers since Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and that is Larry and his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. And you know, I don't know about anybody else, but uh, aside from Larry, Daryl was always my favorite. But yeah, Daryl is one. cool. <laughs> not saying which one. No, I love them all. Love them all. Hey guys, how's it going? Good day. Hello. Good. Yeah. Um. First Excellent. off. Big, gigantic thank you for bringing in this 50th episode with us. Not also is this a special and amazing moment for us as fans. I know this is going to be an amazing moment for all the Newhart fans that are listening today. Well, uh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing for me. Well. 
Yeah, I was on Facebook actually putting this together, and um, Reagan had reached out to me, who runs the New Heart Fans of New Heart Facebook group, and then I got invited in there, and I, I mean, there was just so much buzz. You guys, after all these years, are still, almost 30 years later, 27, 28 years later, since that last significant episode, that really culturally significant ep episode of New Heart, here we are 27, 28 years later, are you guys surprised that Larry Daryl and Daryl is still so beloved and still so well remembered almost thirty uh, years later? I'm amazed. I I myself yep. am amazed. I I can't. Uh, it's hard to accept, really. I, I I would never have figured that. Nope, never have. Would have never. It's great to see so many fans out there still. Yeah, huh? and I'm I'm surprised to wake up every morning. It's 27 years 27 years ago it went off the air so it's a a gift Anytime yeah it's a double I, gift for you gift tony yeah. tony always said modestly uh it was nice to have a regular job right tony absolutely yep. <laughs> that's uh that's still high on the criteria at all but uh, it was uh i i sometimes uh just uh, think that the the great god of actors uh, look down on a on a, a mediocre to good actor and just said, "All right, you're you're never going to win no Oscar. You're not going to, <laughs> you know, give, make the pinnacle of things." But I'll tell you what: as long as you show up, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you about a decade on a very good show that uh is uh unique that uh, an experience like probably nobody else has ever had as far as an actor is concerned on television and it'll be more fun than you can imagine and uh that's what you're going to get instead of some sort of a big acclamation or a big bank book so it was yeah but you guys uh, are cemented in television history now like i said when i was putting the show together there were just droves and droves of people that are like, I can't wait to hear this. There's a fan group that's still going strong. Even before I put this together, I mean, for years, they've been in that fan group talking about you guys. And you really touched a lot of people because, you know, people are still, I own seven of the eight DVDs. Um, season eight's not out yet. And the DVDs are still selling. People are still paying attention. You really resonate. You guys, all three of you really resonated with people. I don't know what to say. That's great. Except, uh, uh, yeah, right. Did you count the number of fans? I'm just kidding. Uh, can I? 1,249. Uh, 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 that's enough. But uh, people, my agent said, uh, I left the agent and I came back. Their show went down the second season. And my agent, to uh, uh, represent me, she wasn't going to be able to commission the show. She said, it's all right. It'll be canceled unless you guys give it a shot in the arm. Uh, and when Larry, Darrell, and Darrell came on, the ratings went back up, notwithstanding that we were there uh, not every week, but that's better sometimes. Anyway, I uh, stepped out of character. I'm not digging my toe in the dirt for the rest of my life. Right. We have to right. show. Well, I, I, here's another thing. Uh, oh, we got we have an open box open on a IM box open on Mixler. Sherry, a fan, wanted me to tell you guys hello. Since we don't have the phone lines open periodically, we'll tell you when fans chime in. Oh, oh hi, Sherry. Hi. How are you? Hey, Glad you're here, Sherry. Hi. When was the last time you guys were together on air or in an appearance, all three of you? When was the last time the three of you were together? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, all three of us. All three of you doing an appearance as Larry Darrow and Darrow or Comic was that on? Uh, was that on Coach or was it? Uh, 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 it was Coach, oh, I believe. Yeah. Or or was Coach it uh, um, uh, Bob's next? Uh, well, damn it, I can't remember the. Uh, was, was it the morning George show on Rio? NBC? NBC. Oh well, yeah, that's right. That's right. The re uh, the reunion show on the uh, Today Show, right? But my memories. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was yeah, 2008. Yeah. John, you've yeah. got a shout out here from Karen Fogarty. Fogarty, Fogarty. Hey, Karen Fogarty. There hey, you Karen. go. <laughs> when was the last time you guys were together socially, just to hang out? Hmm. Wow. 
all together. It well, was probably the reunion show, two thousand. What was that? Two thousand eight or Bill, six or something like that. Bill came. Bill came to see Deer Camp in Pennsylvania. Oh right. Oh Christ, that's right. Yes, yes, fantastic. Yeah, yes. Yes, yeah. both of you were great in the play, and uh, that was fun. Uh, that was great. You all toured all over with that play, right? It was a national tour. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So yeah, what's it I, like when the three of you go out on the town? Um, and get well, together. Are people noticing you, recognizing you, and are you guys up to a lot of hijinks, or is it just pretty low key? You know, we all moved to different places, so that hadn't happened in years. But it used to be yeah. quite fun. Yeah, it, it, there was a lot going on. The uh, wherever we were, uh, we used to make uh, a few personal appearances and some charity events and things like that, and. Uh, there were always people there that were more than willing to get us into trouble, and uh, we, <laughs> we being cooperative sort of people, we yeah, you know, I, I, just, I had never <laughs> been to uh, to a twenty four hour roadhouse in uh, rural Alabama, but uh, <laughs> I got to do that. <laughs> and large fights, yeah. not real large. Oh fights. yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. On TV. Large fights in Vermont, yeah. Yeah, those wonderful people in Vermont and the uh, the the we'll large fight with the wing nuts. the large fight as well. <laughs> I went back once without them and uh, flew back on a snowy weekend to see a football game, and I walked down to a bar, and I don't know what I did wrong, but I'm sure I drank too much. All of a sudden, uh, this rather large bouncer threw me out in the snow. You better hope the, the uh, tabloids aren't <laughs> listening. You're going to be all over the tabloids tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the thing is, the moral is stick with the brothers. We always, I always did better in the talk shows, especially even if MTM didn't want them to talk. I felt more secure. They could give me the answers with their eyes or whatever. It's. Uh, I almost wished we were all Skyping together because... It's easier with three people and, and uh, to answer questions anyway. I'm glad you touched on that, William. What was it like um, having to talk for John and Tony? Was it more nerve-wracking for you guys, John and Tony, not being allowed to speak, or more cumbersome for you, William, having to speak for three people is kind of one hive mind? Well, I owe them. I should have started with an apology, all the dumb things I did and things I left out, but I oh. – uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, just let me interject that John and Tony started school, uh, acting in high school and junior high. John, a prestigious school in England, studied Tony over 100 plays when he had come on the show. Well, I started late after the Army and graduate school, so I uh, didn't really know what I was talking about. And it was ironic that I was doing the talking. Ah, that's incredible. And, you know, when I was looking o over kind of the careers of all of you guys, it made me think you had such a brilliant comedy trio and everybody can kind of chime in on this. Do you think the comedy trio worked because all of you came from such different backgrounds, especially William in comparison to Tony and John? Or do you think it worked in spite of that? What do you think about you three coming from kind of really, I mean, John, you were born in Oslo, Norway, right? Yeah. I mean, that is yeah. very different than being born in Memphis. So, <laughs> slightly. Yeah. But I just worked in the States. I mean, I was just a baby when I came over. So. Right, right. And you grew up in Texas and you guys grew up all over. Tony, I think you grew up in Minnesota, correct? Yep, in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, very yep. different well, backgrounds yeah, yeah, and it worked. Well, he didn't grown. really. He didn't really ever grow up. I mean, I love him, but he. Yeah. <laughs> neither one of them grew up, so to speak. True enough. I think what really, uh, it uh, it was the more what we had in common, uh, which uh, which was uh, very very fortunate that uh, the three of us, if I may say so, we weren't. We never got ahead of ourselves in anything. The we were. There were the egos were willing to just take, you know, the that what Bill said about just yeah, that's having important. a regular having a regular job or something. Uh, you know what I said? It was basically what was on all of our minds. Come on, we're professionals. We've got a job here now. Be open to anything, and uh, and let your ego take a back seat. And 
it was all, and that allowed us to know each other as people. And once we got to know each other as people, we trusted each other absolutely because uh, we found out we we lucked oh, out. I agree. I agree. We we lucked chemistry, out. And, chemistry, chemistry. Yeah, chemistry. and it it just all had to do with being willing to do what was uh, what was there for the job. <laughs> and luckily, the job happened to be. These guys can do anything. So we had to, uh, we, we made ourselves available to each other, and to the directors, yeah. to the writers, whatever. They knew that they would have no trouble with us and with our egos that way. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> you know, being, uh, playing a character that was in some ways very disgusting, <laughs> uh, was no problem. Our image that way wasn't going to take a hit. Hey, this is our job and we were going to do it. And have that's fun doing true. it. That's true even here at Tin Can, right, Fern? I mean, me yeah. and E operate as a machine that kind of trust each other. And you saw what happened when things went off the rails with um, other people that we worked with. I mean, you have to have that trust, right? right. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I think I think that translates to good entertainment. I mean, it translates to good entertainment, in my opinion. And, and you know, I'm not being egotistical, but I think we all have a good rapport personally, and we just basically do the same thing on air that we do off air. Um, we just have a, a great relationship. And Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, you know, William, John, and Tony, you guys, that really translated on screen. I mean, I'm I'm from New England, and I'm from Maine, so Vermont's like a hop, skip, and a jump. So I can really... Like, I look at those characters, and they're very down-to-earth, and they're very life-wise. You know, they're very humble and they're very a little eccentric but i think uh -huh. people relate to not just the characters and who they are and how you portray them but they they can feel that underlying trust and bond that you guys had and that's very very mm. special and 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 mm -hmm. really really wonderful yeah and, guys uh, do, you, do you remember john when Boston? excuse me for interrupting you said, mm -hmm. uh, you have to love and respect each other Remember, he yeah. told us that yes. earlier, and we, yes. we yeah. tried to do that. That's easier for me than because I did some stuff which I've been putting down in this memoir. <laughs> oh, you're oh. actually doing the memoir. I'm so glad to hear Yay. that. Well, you're doing the memoir. Cool. Anyway, oh my who, God. who cares when you're past seventy? Who cares? But uh, <laughs> I have some memories. Some a lot of memoirs. Self-abasement wow. and apology and all that, but. Uh, you know, when these guys went out, though, they always had good manners. One of the first times we went to a charity, Tony had been up all night. He said, of course, I'll go to the charity, this hospital. We stopped in a coffee shop, and it's not a place where you are supposed to leave tips. And both of them said, did, did we leave them enough money? Did we? And I said to myself, wow, this is going to be fun working with these guys because they weren't, it wasn't, uh, do you know who I am syndrome. And they yeah. made fun for eight years. That is so important. D, do we have any more comments coming in? I know they're flying in here on the uh, Mixler panel. Uh, just everybody is super duper fans. Um, and the line, Larry, and this is Brother Daryl, and this is Brother Daryl, everybody says is just totally, totally a classic. Um, and You said oh, we had something from Sean G. Yeah, I love, well, we had something else, but I love this oh, yeah. even more. Um he said, you know, you guys aware and accept, you know, the way that, you know, the chemistry between you guys. And it was just, you guys were the original bromance. And I think that's so true because it just, <laughs> the, way, the way you guys are together. Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I, I always thought, my gosh, I, you know, wouldn't it be great to have somebody that I was that close to where they just have to look at you. I mean, you know, now me and Fern are that way, but still. <laughs> So you two no, are that I way. was going to say, yeah, we're right oh, there. Yeah, we're yeah. I'm the odd man. <laughs> right. comes that's great. All right, hey, let's shift gears. I want to dig into the show because that's why we're here. Let's talk about Newhart, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. Um, going back, binge-watching stuff. You guys, of course, made your appearance on episode two. You were hired as anything for a buck to drag out a 300-year-old body from the Loudon's basement. You don't show up again till episode 16. What I want to know is when this started, were you just a one-shot thing and then you got such a great fan response, they decided to bring you back? Or were you supposed to just kind of stop in periodically and shake things up? Well, that was uh, – that 
actually it was uh it wasn't so uh, it was fan reaction of course but uh it was basically bob newhart reaction he uh, yeah. uh his uh, performing in front of a live audience was which he insists on gives him a, an indication about what's working and what's not working and uh because of the reception we got from the audience while we were taping that show I read, he said so himself, but I saw in an article that he said, uh, as soon as those guys uh, uh, made their exit, their final exit, I knew that this was going to be a recurring thing on the show. Uh, so it was uh, it was fan reaction, but it was uh, more importantly, Bob Newhart reaction. He He yeah. liked us and he liked the way people reacted to us. Interesting. So how did you guys go from kind of reoccurring character? Because you were in season two, not a whole lot of episodes, a handful of episodes in season two. And then you guys became main characters in season three. Was this a situation where you went to them and it's like, hey, can you give us more to do? Or did the fans <laughs> demand it? Or were the writers like, hey, we want to do more with these guys because they're interesting? How did you guys get on as main characters in season three? Well, that was like Indeed, it, yeah, it was just uh, it was just the the reaction of uh, I don't know, there, there was a, a firm reaction by the by the viewers and uh, and as I said from Bob and and they just had to see well let's give them another shot and see if it still works and uh, then they saw that it was yeah this is going to work and it might work forever. And, uh, and and then the writers, I'm sure the writers started to go, uh, you know, they started to salivate because when do you get an opportunity to have uh, to write for characters that are capable of anything? There were no limitations to what the writers could come up with. So, you know, it's like, wow, those yeah. guys would never do that. But there was no limitations as far as Larry, Daryl, and Daryl were concerned. They they could do anything, you know. That's and, they offered us exactly. a contract, though, right, guys? In three year, after three years, they guaranteed a certain amount of shows. So, like yeah. Tony said again, and uh, we we knew we could take somebody out to eat because we knew where the next check was coming from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very yeah. nice. Um, so, is there anywhere you wanted to take those characters that you couldn't go? I guess how much control did you have creatively over them? If you brought out like a really outrageous idea to the writers, would they try to work it in, or were you kind of just at the behest of whatever they wanted to write for you that week? Now, they were open, but they caught me up. Early, early on, I didn't like something, and they said, "Okay, what what do you think? What do you have <laughs> to replace it?" But yeah. they were very. Uh, what they would do, we would rehearse it, and I would paraphrase the words or tweak the lines and make him more rural. And they would the next day the script would come in with my lines. But okay, I don't know yeah. about I don't know about you guys, but I didn't. Uh, it was ninety nine percent of the writers. And I'm was grateful. there a situation where you ever got to? Okay, this gag's been going on six seven years. We want Tony, uh, we want Tony and John to finally speak on like a special they talk episode or was that never even considered for you guys to talk no i don't believe i, it really I don't believe it was considered so no uh -uh. no i wanted them but, to talk back so they could talk back to me and it might have been fun to see them scuffle not not a brawl but i think i've heard john did say he didn't I mean, john didn't john said he didn't care for the three stooges so much too violent but I've seen pictures of us scuffling, uh, and and it was just funny, and that's what I thought they could have. Yeah. I always thought we right. could do more, and they yeah. must have too because they gave us quite a, they gave us money for an option, and then the company ran uh, for our own show, and then they ran out of money. So. Oh man, well but I mean, you I, guys really went through a lot of well, evolution, we though. Well, as a, we worked well as a machine, kind of, you know, we reacted off of each other, you know. Yeah, and what I what I really loved about doing the characters is that after after a couple of seasons, the writers knew, and we knew that we could we could communicate just about anything the lines could just by just by looking exactly. at each other, and having yeah. having the the viewer plug in their own interpretation. I mean, that was the wonderful thing about yeah. it, is that we communicated 
just about as well as as anybody with lines could with uh, with just standing there. <laughs> well, <laughs> like Tony day, said, yeah. you have to communicate in elegant shrugs. I love that line that I read exactly. in there. Eloquent shrugs, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't they right. totally two different characters inside, though? I ran for mayor, and one of them voted for me, and one of them didn't. So right. it Everybody has their little secrets, and that was uh, that <laughs> was a, a wonderful thing. Well, that's I mean, thing one of them voted for Larry, not for me. I'm right. me. I get myself mixed up. <laughs> it's okay. We understand. And then when we got any money, you know, Tony went off to Stowe and had his little chalet and. Uh, yeah, I love that I episode. Debauchery and stuff. Yeah. Well, here's what I kind of want to get to, though. The evolution of the characters from the first, like anything from a Buck Brothers, I never liked that term when I read it in interviews or write-ups, to the seventh and eighth season where you guys were like doing these bizarre biological experiments with <laughs> animals and like you were from Cambridge. Like, were you happy with how they evolved? And what do you think was the biggest change? I mean, do you see a mm -hmm. radical change between Larry Daryl and Daryl episode two and Larry Daryl and Daryl the last season? Or do you think the change wasn't as dramatic as it looks to me? I'll wait my turn. Uh, no, just like, well, like Tony was saying, they realized they could do we could do anything when they wrote for us. And so it just kind of evolved that way, it seemed, I would think. Just as Tony said, you know. He just... Are you guys yeah. happy with it, though? That seven and eight may, season, may, it really may, went in a different direction, William. May I answer that? Yes. Yeah, Bob, changed the director, Bob, Bob changed producers every couple of years. The creator of the show lasted maybe a year and a half or something. I don't know. To, and maybe producers don't get as much power. But the producers that came in at the end kind of worried me. I called a production office one time, and they said, the Mark and Mark show. And I said, oh, gosh. To myself. I thought, <laughs> I thought the show was called New Heart. I said, well, they got... Oh, man. Big, yeah, big egos. You know, I know successful writers that didn't even decorate their office on Dallas. They wanted to stay humble and last while, as long as it lasted. But forgive me for uh, if I'm saying something negative, but when they had people say we stomped on turtles, that's not that's not my vision of these guys. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, no, I no, saw no, them no. as innocents. And the reason I want to act yeah. is to be something I'm not. I don't. Right. Uh, it so that it it changed towards the end, and they always do towards the end. Everything ends, but the end mm -hmm. is only the yeah. beginning. So. And the end anyway. really is only the beginning. Um, I, I, there's something I've got to touch on with this last episode, but we do have another question coming in. Um, one of the fans want to know if the three brothers are copyrighted or can you guys go off on your own and do appearances, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, or do you have to answer to somebody for that? Well, I can, I can tell you if you try to do a movie, you better clarify it because my beautiful yeah. wife looking in to see if we could. She wanted us to go to Mars or somewhere on, and there, you know, there's endless amounts of stories we could, but you couldn't get a straight answer out of them. And uh, now, I mean, uh, of course, MTM owns the characters, and they don't, uh, if you try to do a commercial as a character, they pull them off the air, like a character from Hill Street Blues did his same character for Burger King or something. They took it right off the air. So they do own the characters if you were if you were to make a lot of money or have you'd have to pay somebody right yeah. right oh that's not man. likely to happen for me well i did read Doesn't though that they had something on a burner right. for larry daryl and daryl goes to paris what do you guys know yeah. about that because that was something that i read well you yeah that was, that was something <laughs> i said i said that'd be nice if we went out to paris yeah oh like like Bill was saying, like Bill was saying, go to uh, we go to Mars, you know, or whatever. We, you know. Okay, well, okay, let's move on to this then. What do you guys do? Do you guys have backstories in your head for Larry, Daryl, and Daryl? Like, what was your origin story? Because I know you moved into the cafe come that third um, season, but back in those first two seasons when you were putting the characters together in your mind, what was the origin to you guys? Well, there, I, I know Tony. Did. I know Tony did because he he talked about the yeah. last name for him. But I, John, I'd, I'd, we, we I'd like to hear it. I had a little bit. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, and then I realized uh, 
you know, because an actor needs as many crutches as he can possibly get and all that. But uh, I, I sort of tried doing that, and then I realized that uh, in order for me to do that, I would have to sit down with the other two guys for about, you know, a week and a half and make sure that everything jibed together. So, uh, yeah. because I didn't want, you know, you can't have three different background stories. That's the, that's the thing yeah. they have. They all have to. Occur. So, uh, I, I deemed it better not to just to have to, to discover the character as the writers discovered it as well. Uh, I, that yeah. Okay. And just to be uh, uh, ready for anything, uh, just to to sit down one week and and find out that you're best buddies with Johnny Carson and have been for a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Suddenly, suddenly your whole background story could end uh, right there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, may I may I share one story yep. about Tony uh, John? I don't know if you were standing there. We were talking about not having a last name. And Tony said, well, what about Potts? Potts is the last name. I said, oh, okay, yeah. we work with Potts and Pans. He said, no, no, P-O-T-T-S. So yeah. whether Tony had, and John, I know, have backstory. Was, I was kind of lazy. I made a backstory for Deadwood, was, but not uh, Newhart. <laughs> well, I always thought it was wrong, too, that there wasn't a last name. Because even on Gilligan's Island, like the skipper's name is Jonas Brunzi, like you can, or Grumby. You can look it up. Right. And I tried looking up you guys' back um, last name. It just seemed odd to me that even like the professor and the skipper, like Gilligan's Island, they never used the name on the show. But on the script, they still had a last name. Is that fairly common? For characters not to even have a last name on the script itself, because that seems odd to me. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, no, then again, yeah. We were in my characters. case, I, <laughs> I played characters yeah, we called Weirdo, Germ, uh, stuff like that. Uh, so yeah. uh, it was. I I didn't have. I played so many cameos that they didn't get a last name yeah but on a series yeah. with a long-standing characters like that it just seems odd to me there wouldn't be a last name that's true but there are some characters that you want them to stay as shrouded in mystery as you can it's uh what yeah uh, what come to mind uh, oh on uh, on the rota show carlton the, the doorman i don't think you ever found out carlton's last name or you never got to see what he looked like yeah, that was a great that. bit yeah, and the, yeah. and the guy next door on Home Improvement. Uh, I don't know how much. Yeah, the more you found out about that guy, the less fascinating he was. Uh, so uh, I think that has every once in a while, if you can come up with a complete mystery and have people guessing or or filling in their own blanks, uh, I think that's a a thing that can keep them going, keep them fascinating. Is yeah, it keeps them Not how much. Yeah. Not how much you. A- find sorry, out but how much you need to know yeah i've got a question coming in from m baxter and this is for tony are you ready tony i think so did face daryl ever get his modeling career off the ground <laughs> no he realized how shallow it was and uh he, he decided to go to Tibet and study with the Dalai Lama. <laughs> and he found out that the Dalai Lama wasn't there anymore. So it went on a long chase. Uh, Daryl just can't win. The, the <laughs> yeah, potential dog just can't win. All right. I got some <laughs> questions for you guys. I'm going to rapid fire them for Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. You guys um, just shout them out. Are you guys ready? All right. Who what? was the loudest snorer? Larry, Daryl, or Daryl? Who snored loudest? Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. All right, which Daryl? Daryl one or Daryl well, two? The writers would have us just sometimes say Daryl does this and Daryl does that, and it was for the audience yeah. to guess. So I didn't. That's not my wording, but uh, Daryl. Yes. All right, don't want to ruin the fun. Yeah. Let's keep moving on. Who was the most successful with the ladies? Face John. Face the face. Oh, oh Daryl. Oh, he was yes. Who would want? Who would win in a fight between Larry, Daryl, and Daryl? Larry always did. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry would win the fight. Yeah. So Larry's the alpha. Wouldn't 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 the Daryls win because they would? uh, They'd be two against one. Wouldn't I? Don't know. 
Ah, I guess the uh, audience will have well, to pull that over. Somehow you work around. You have us both in a headlock. I'm I'm not a fighter. I know that. <laughs> Who is the best cook? Uh, Daryl. <laughs> All right. How did you? Guys I know usually... personally that. Oh, uh, we uh, keep it to Daryl. Yeah. Well, my brother Daryl is probably the better cook. Best cook. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. How did you guys I, usually I spend your birthdays? How did Larry Daryl and Daryl celebrate their birthdays? Spankings. All around yes. spankings? Beautiful. All yes. right, final question. Who taught you guys how to play the combs? Ted Nugent. Nelson. <laughs> yes. Ted Nugent. Perfect. Ted Nugent. Yes. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about the last episode, one of the most famous episodes in television history. I always feel like it's a little bit of a cheat when you find out the end of a movie. It's all been a dream or an illusion. How And, of course, you guys have that iconic ending where Dick Loudon passes out. There's a lot of madness going on at the end, lots of surreal stuff going on. Loudon passes out. He wakes up with Suzette Plachette, Suzanne Plachette, excuse me, from the first Newhart series where he plays Bob Hartley. And the eight seasons of Newhart was but a dream. Were you guys happy with that ending? Excited about that ending? Shocked? Because I know it was even hidden from the cast until the very yeah, last scene. How did you guys feel about that ending as a fan and as being part of the cast? Loved it. That was outstanding for myself. Well, the audience is, uh, I tried not to think about the applause, but the yeah. applause was as loud as it ever is, had ever been. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I, I recall no. them laughing and applauding. And the show came in number one, uh, whether, as you say, you feel cheated or something like that, I understand. But uh, I just love applause. Tony, do you feel like you it go. negates the characters because you're in a situation where you did this for eight years and you come to find out you're just rattling around in Bob Hartley's head? <laughs> for some odd reason, I'm I'm com I'm generally yep. am completely with you to find out that something was like a dream sequence or uh uh i don't know a, a sequence something like that i think of it as a complete cop-out and i couldn't be more disappointed but for some reason i have no idea if, maybe it was just i was just so overwhelmed to see suzanne Plachette again uh, I, I didn't for this, although I think I should have, but I wasn't, I was, it was, it was a, it seemed like the perfect ending to, uh, yeah, perfect. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I can't tell you why, but, uh, it, it just seemed to fit, even though it shouldn't have, I have, uh, I really don't know what to say other than that. All right. Yeah. Um, why did it, it? Why did it come in number one that week? Why did the show come in number one? I mean, it's a brilliant <laughs> ending. I'm just saying, like in general, I loved. I loved the show. The ending was funny. It was brilliant. But I was just wondering, from a creative perspective, do you guys feel like I put all my energy into these characters? I feel ownership in them, and now I find out they weren't even real. But they're not real, anyways, right? Because it's a TV show. So I just, I kind of yeah. fascinated where that line is where it's like the ownership of, I feel like these characters are real, or I can make them all a dream. So it doesn't matter because it's a TV show and we're here to entertain anyways. I'm just fascinated by that line. Can I, can I please uh, just say it's kind of uh, irrational. I mean, we married three Jewish girls, so how serious is it? Uh, and But I wanted to thank the two Daryls for this reason. Just because they didn't speak, there was a lot going on inside. And one day, uh, halfway through, they they said, "Well, I'm gonna say one of them said, you know, this they're gonna ask us to make say something one day, and maybe we'll just say this is working so well, guys. I don't think we'll do it. Right? I love I love anarchy inside the actors. I love mainly <laughs> respect for each other, but." That anarchy is in their soul. Just they took a lot of stuff. I would have loved them say, you know, it, as if I'm quoting Daryl Wright, it's worked so well. I think we'll just refuse to do that. Mm -hmm. I'd yeah, I'd yeah. Love to see yeah. That uh, that yeah. would have been, uh, you know, talking about the, you know, the dream sequence. What really would have been a, a, a betrayal, as far as I'm concerned, is if they ever right. did. 
have the boys speak, you know, <laughs> and that's why I, I, then yeah, anarchy uh, might have been the wrong word. You, you're, oh, no, no, I no, you, I think you got it right on, Bill. No, well sure. done. Yes. But the origin of that, I saw on one of the episodes where Stephanie gets lost in the woods and ends up in your cabin. It must have been one of the earlier episodes. Right. Is that Daryl tried to ride a porcupine and never <laughs> spoke again? Was the other Daryl just That's kind true. of staying silent out of like sympathy for his brother, or why was the That's other? That's a Darryl... great question. That's I wondered about that too. Thank you for. Well, it's based on reality, I guess, like everything else. Absolutely. Yeah, we we just decided not to speak after that. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Speak when we were spoken to. I I considered that an aberration that maybe should just look over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it was a it was a mistake. Uh, As far as I was concerned, I just sort of. I blocked that out of my mind, really. Yeah, that falls under just don't take ourselves too seriously ever if we can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yes. Well, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole, and I don't know if this is on you guys' radar, but there is a conspiracy. Have you guys heard about the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl conspiracy? No. 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 All right. I'm going to explain this out for the fans. This gets a little bit convoluted and bizarre, and I'm going to go through as quickly as possible, so bear with me. This guy put a site up about you guys. It's called um, Crossover TV, and he's got all these different shows on. But in particular, the last episode of Newhart, as we said earlier, ends as Bob Hartley wakes up from that first Newhart um, series, and everything that happened in the Newhart Dick Loudon series was a dream. There is a patient of Bob Newhart's who ended up being in the mental ward on St. Elsewhere, same character. (laughs) So there was a crossover there where this character ended up on St. Elsewhere, and he even made reference to Bob Hartley. So now Bob, that Bob Newhart show and St. Elsewhere exist in the same universe. As many know, the last episode of St. Elsewhere ends... As we are panning out, it's they're showing the hospital, it's snowing, you pan out and come to find out the whole St. Elsewhere series is but in the imagination of an autistic child. So now, not also is St. Elsewhere in the mind of the autistic kid, the Bob Newhart show is, and Bob Newhart's dream of the Loudons is in this <laughs> autistic kid's imagination, right? Um, yes. Here's where we get weird. Now, Larry, Daryl, and Daryl show up on the Bob Newhart reunion show, which picks up right after the last episode of Newhart with the Loudons. He wakes yeah. up, interacts with the whole cast from the original Newhart show. As he's leaving the building, the end of the episode, last scene, he gets in the elevator, pushes yeah. down, elevator doors open. It's Larry, Daryl, and Daryl working on the elevator. And he says, <laughs> I'll just take the stairs, right? Right. Larry, Daryl, and Daryl now exists in this world, the dream world, and in the autistic kid's imagination. So it's all a nice <laughs> UFO, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's zoom out further. Now Larry, Daryl, and Daryl show up on coach. They show up in Minnesota caretaking yeah. or squatting in, however you want to look at it, the coach's Minnesota cabin. So when he returns, they had been taking care of this cabin. This is separate well, we from Bob Newhart. Yeah. In all that universe, so the conspiracy goes, hey, what if these guys aren't a dream? What if these three are kind of like these um, celestial, like benevolent, celestial <laughs> interlopers that travel from universe to universe, and they fix the elevator so Bob Newhart doesn't die, they fix Coach's cabin. Um, another thing that they drew a comparison to, there's an episode where Larry, Daryl, and Daryl save the town economically so they can throw the winter carnival by making it snow well it's snowing in the kids snow globe so maybe (laughs) these guys are like doing a quantum leap thing and jumping around from all these universes and just helping people where people need help and the kid looking in the snow globe is just the embodiment of them sending them down into these universes to repair things all right now that your minds have been blown what do you guys think about that conspiracy I love that. I mean, All great. I can think of is the 
the end of the first Men in Black, where <laughs> the whole thing yeah. ends with an alien holding the universe in his palm, playing marbles with it. It's, I don't know, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I just the fact that somebody did. sat down and connected all these dots is amazing to me. That you guys so beloved. That amazing. Somebody it, did this yeah. much background work. To, to Heavily medicated. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Think, William, what do you think about that? Is your mind blown by this? I, the mind has started to go a long time ago. I just wish that I had that imagination. It as sounds I, like uh, we could start another series and we could do that. We could, wow. We could be yeah, an incredible, incredible mind. Quantum Leap Show. I mean, I just thought that was amazing that this kid put all that together. Yeah. Oh, truly, truly amazing. Yeah. I, I think he should work for the NSA or something to connect all the dots. <laughs> Maybe he does. Now, that could be. He, <laughs> he could yeah. be in the Trump administration. That's possible. Very possible. Take us all through our smart TVs. Hey, we're uh, getting close to the end. I want to give a big thanks to Reagan, who runs your Facebook yeah. feed group and i actually have an audio from her um she you know calls today because of the switchboard but d you have an audio clip from reagan and reagan wanted to say some words to you so let's get on to this um reagan audio clip you guys are gonna have to bear with me because i get a little bit breathless when i'm nervous um i just want to say hi from me and from new york and from the nearly 400 incredibly disparate people that make up the new heart fan group everybody is really excited that you guys are doing this today um, I've always enjoyed how subtle and nuanced and skilled your brand of comedy is, uh, but more so, I want to acknowledge for everybody who's listening today that in every single piece of press that I have ever read about the three of you, which is a lot, which borders, quite frankly, on embarrassing, um, the pervasive sentiment has always been that you are three incredibly kind, good decent human beings um and that is a pretty extraordinary commonality to have in the press written about anyone or anything much less anyone or anything that comes out of hollywood um and even though i know it's not the juiciest tidbit that's going to come out of this conversation today at the end of the day who you are as actors is going to entertain people but who you are as human beings is going to affect them far more profoundly. And it's very obvious that it has, um, even if maybe you're not aware of it. Uh, and that's always what has drawn me back to you, you know, beyond the strength of your performance. Um, and it's really, I don't have many questions that Nick isn't going to cover during the course of this broadcast, but I wanted to say that out loud because I just think it's so important that it be said. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just really thrilled that you're here. So, you know, keep on keeping on and it is, it is so nice to finally be able to introduce myself to you. So bye. Powerful oh. words. And I got to oh, tell you, thank, thank, wow. thank, lovely. thank you. Lovely. Thank you. That's really, thank really kind. Wow. What a testimonial. What a woman. I, um, she's my hero. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. also have from He's Sean funny. G. He wants me to wish you guys a happy Man Crush Monday. Crush with a K. <laughs> from Sean. And says that okay. William needs to do the million dollar line. Oh. What's the million dollar line? I, I, think, yeah. I think the million dollar line is the intro line. Oh, oh that line. Oh, may I say it? I, oh. I'm like Tarzan. Tarzan, I've said that to you before. I don't they locked him up because he had to do the Tarzan thing, so I may go into the nut house too. Hi, I'm Larry. <laughs> this is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. Now, I heard that there was talk towards the um, the last couple seasons that you guys were actually thinking about scratching that line because it had like outlived the novelty. Is that true, or is that just something I read online? It's uh, probably true, completely... but they never told me. They, yeah, they I don't... never said anything to us about that. No. That was probably Daryl that came, came up with that idea. Foiled again I, by Daryl. They could have said, hi, I'm Daryl. You know, <laughs> I talk too much. I talk too much. I'm still doing it. But Fern, D, Nick, know. thank you for letting me be a little, a little part of this. Absolutely, yeah. William. Thank you for calling in. we still got a couple minutes left if um, Tony and John want to hang on the line with us. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll sign well, off thanks, then. Sir. And then I won't interrupt them. But uh, I hope you have another 50 episodes of uh, Kettle of Fish and enjoy. We keep having great guests like you. We definitely will. Bluegrass, 
breakdown. Enjoy. And thanks Yay! again for having Thank me. You. See you guys. Love you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Best from Sherry. Hope to hear more from all three of you in the future. And love and hugs to all you guys. Like that's I'm just hearing tons of that stuff. It's great. Hi. It's great. So yeah. Reagan sent me a ton of pictures of you guys. She sent me a lot of incredible stuff. And we also have um we were talking about what Reagan said in that audio clip. You guys that are was wonderful. Yeah, so well known. You did this incredible thing with Make-A-Wish of Vermont. You were actually the first Make-A-Wish of Vermont, which is something I don't think a lot of people know. And I think that was yeah. just an incredible story as well. It was a great thing to go to. The, we were into the cancer camp and did it for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah it was, that was amazing a couple of times. Yes, I, 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 I still think about that quite often and uh, talk about it quite often. It was uh yeah, the the uh, it's it's amazing how much uh, satisfaction and, and fulfillment you get out of doing something like that. Just right. just witnessing the kids in a campground, and we did another thing for uh, we went to uh, uh, Special Olympics, their final day of yeah. the Special Olympics, and and their party afterward. And I have never been so uplifted in my life just right. watching these these wow. uh, athletes. Uh, celebrate i mean and they party down it was uh, i i just i've never felt uh, i've never been in a place that had uh, such an uplifting atmosphere that i uh, just walking on air after that it's uh you get they give you a lot back they really really do just just yeah. by being i can imagine are. yeah well another life you guys touched is joe i always have a hard time saying this how do you say the last name d so a salat salali salati salati salabi salabi joe salabi i don't know if you remember the name sent us a story about how he was a bartender and met you guys in an airport and you actually a bartender i forget where you guys were laid over at do you remember d i know you got the information i want to say it's new york it's it's that's usually where it is but no they were they were on their way to um he said that you guys were on your way to some kind of um, charity thing and like one of you was downstairs and the other two were upstairs and a friend of his was there and was like bringing you guys all together and it was just you guys were so crazy nice and he came and hung out with you on the set and it was just like the experience of a lifetime and I'm just like oh, oh. That's that all name that, do you remember John because that name really rings a bell uh, it rings a bell but I can't and, and, and I know you've been on, on the you know on the you know different sites, uh, oh. I can't remember exactly what which where he said where. he was a bartender at an airport and he had met Tony, started talking with him and to and um John yeah. and William were upstairs in another lounge and you guys came down and you're like hey here's our numbers if you're ever out in L A come visit us yeah, and he I, came I, to L A and it might have been Chicago it might have been Chicago it might have been did he, oh it was in L A it was at the Continental Bar at Newark Airport. Yep. Oh, you guys were on your way oh. back to L.A. You were at Newark. You were oh, at Newark. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he sent a uh, bunch of pictures well, hey, of, Joe. like, all over the place. It's, that's and so he wanted cool. me to say hi to you guys and thank you so yeah. much. I mean, you're talking 30 years later, and this is still a memory that he carries with him. So, once again, I mean, you guys have uh, legacy. Oh, fanta- fantastic. Well, Joe, wherever you are, bless you again. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really, that name really sounds familiar. Yeah. All right, let me hit this last point, and then we got to get out of here. Tony, um, I could honestly do another six episodes with all of you guys, and I'm sure the fans could hang along for the ride, too. I want to touch this last thing. Tony, the first time you spoke on air outside of Newhart on television was Super Password. And I heard that show got... That's right. Yeah, that show got preempted. By the Iran Contra scandal. Exactly. Yeah. What was that like? That first time being able to speak as you know Tony Papenfuse on air, separate from that Daryl character, because I think you guys were about uh, this was eighty seven. I think you guys were uh-huh. what five years in at this point into the series, four years yeah. in, and you finally uh-huh. got to speak, and then to have it preempted, so hardly anybody even saw it. <laughs> I think. 
I think it was a uh, uh, I I was nonplussed. I mean, being on password for crying out loud, it's like a that was great uh, for me for a television freak kid. It was like a dream come true. And then uh, Oliver North is is for, for several reasons not my favorite person because <laughs> no, right. I was, I was crushed. But at the same time, I think uh, I was happy because, uh, unbeknownst to me, apparently, uh, that was kind of a no-no being on the show, uh, that uh, it should have been cleared with MTM first. Uh, It was sort of sketchy because I'm not sure what their if they had set their policy up to now. But after that, they made it quite clear that, you know, when you guys go on these promo things or anything else, you you can't talk. All right. That's just the policy. Yeah. So I guess it was a, it it was a heartbreak, but it was also a sort of a a blessing in disguise. I think because I I did not want to tick off anybody at MTM. (laughs) Coincidentally, you were also on that show opposite of Marcy Wallace was the person, the celebrity you were playing who was from the Bob Newhart show. Yeah. Maybe the conspiracy guy has it right, huh? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Could I do a small test thinking of the password thing? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you several words and see if you can come up with the, all right. Uh, the words are, uh, river, Austria, beautiful, blue, Strauss. Can you come up with anything? Is this the main, um, clue? You said river, Austria, beautiful, blue, spouse? Strauss. Strauss. Like Levi Strauss. Strauss. Oh, yeah. Fern, you're much better at these word games than I am. What do you think? Well, I'm racking my brain. I'm trying to think of a piece of music, but I cannot think what, of it like right Danube? now. I, I... Blue, Danube? River, Austria. Oh, maybe these weren't as good as Sean I thought they were. Yeah, thank you, John. <laughs> what was it? Sean. Sean says Germany. Oh, Danube, yeah? Yeah, I thought Danube. Danube. Oh, the blue Danube. Danube. That's it. Yes. Oh. All right, you guys, we are at the three o'clock mark. Like I said, I could talk to you forever. Is that what you meant? Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Well, but, um, okay. Is that what Tony. you meant, Tony? Is that what you were asking? Yeah. Yeah. Did he get what? it right? Oh, yes. Did Daniel. I get that right? Yeah. Do I win? Do oh, I win? Yeah, yeah, I was right. What? Yes, he did. Nice. You he got some great parting gifts for you, John. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> they're all invisible. <laughs> Thank um, you. And they're non tangible. Before we sign off here, though, I want to know, um, Tony, what's going on with Deer Camp? Is this still going on? Was John always part of the cast? I noticed he was part of the cast, but then I saw some other stuff when it first started. What, tell us a little bit about Deer Camp on your way out the door and what you guys are working on now. Oh, uh, Deer Camp, it was, uh, uh, no, it was the, uh, it's a, a local uh, show that we did, uh, here. And, uh, the second year they got the idea that, uh, uh, John, uh, getting us together would be a good thing. So there was one year without, uh, before John, uh, joined it for the national tour. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. It, and Gene Jurek, the writer. Yes. Uh, it, it was his, uh, his inspiration that said, well, let's, let's get the Daryls together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've been doing it, uh, we've been doing it, uh, locally, uh, in a, in St. Paul, uh, for the last, uh, three years on a seasonal basis around deer hunting time. And uh, we're still having a ball with it. It's just a, uh, hour and a half of silliness and, uh, and, uh, singing and dancing and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I was really and happy. Deer to Camp, the movie Gene Jerk has talked, talked about deer camp, the movie. Oh yeah. So that would be yes. another oh, wow. universe kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. John, I know um, you've had some stuff going on. You were cut out of a couple big blockbuster movies like Ghostbusters. I want to know from you and Tony, as we wrap this up, when you look back at your careers, did you guys accomplish what young Tony and John set out to do? I mean, do you guys feel like, wow, look at this? Because I look at you guys, all three of you, and the incredible legacy. I mean, if I could get to one-tenth of what you have given the world, as creators, actors, entertainers, I would be elated. Do you guys look back at it and go mission accomplished, or do you look look at it and go, wow, so much more work to do? Both, actually. Mission accomplished <laughs> and have much more to do, hopefully, in the future. All righty. Fern, yeah. um, I have like totally ran all over you this episode. I'll let you wrap it up, Fern. 
It's okay. No, it's it's totally cool. Um, you know, I I agree with Reagan with everything that she said. I'm totally on board. I had the same thoughts. And, and I can't like, thank her enough. The information yeah. that she has about you guys and the pictures, my man, it is astounding. It's, it's astonishing. It, yes, it is quite. And I, I I thank her a lot as well. You know, for I'm glad to have found the fans of Newhart. Yeah, she was a big yeah, component in this. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Fern. That's okay. It's almost like we're sharing a brain in a lot of the thoughts that we're having. You know, you had this idea, Nick. You're like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we changed our picture to Larry, Daryl, and Daryl, our wall photos? So we all changed our wall photos. And I was scrolling through photos, and I found this picture of you guys. And I chose it specifically because William's looking at Tony and John. And Tony and John are each doing something different with their hands and their body posture. And it is a nuanced thing, which is very difficult when you can't speak to be able to relay to the audience and to project like that is an amazing thing. And it brings me back to like silent film, like Chaplin, and how you are able to really embody an entire personality without words. So I guess my question, my fangirl question would be, where did you guys draw inspiration from to be able to do that so effortlessly? and flawlessly and project like that because it, it, it is a talent and it's and it comes across amazing. I, I think well, it has to do with our chemistry and our friends and we just were all connected as as, as Tony said or what somebody said is uh, a group of guys, one one mind, three bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. And the nuance right. is what makes it really, really makes it up. Because if you sit there and watch, if you study Newhart, as I have, especially over the last couple of weeks, and you see William kind of tug on his hair or tug on his like neck, or you see you guys kind of, I like I watch um you, John, and you do a different like point than Tony does when he introduces you guys. It's those little yeah. nuances that the average eye wouldn't notice because you're just sitting there watching TV, eating your dinner that really make up those characters and get in your head subliminally that I don't think people understand that that's where the acting talent, that's where the craftsmanship comes in. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really noticed and picked up on with the three of you. Well, it, it's being conscientious. Uh, a lot of people have said that, uh, boy, you guys had it easy. You know, all you had to do is just stand there. and uh, No way. Oh, no. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, that's just it. it. You've got you've got to stay in the scene, stay in the character, and uh, it was it was a great. Uh, the second the second episode we did, uh, the director Will McKenzie, he was uh, talking with the three of us, and most of course most of his direction was given to Bill, and he looked at uh, after he finished talking with Bill, he looked at us and he he said, uh, and you guys uh, just don't don't do anything. <laughs> and uh, so if it's a director, uh, that was my, our direction. So I decided to, if instead of uh, just, uh, instead of just doing nothing, uh, I was going to do nothing, which is almost impossible. Uh, I mean, how, yeah. how, how the hard Actively work do you nothing. Yeah. I mean, just like nothing do nothing you know concentrate on not doing anything except breathing and so that's that's the direction i took and made it active and uh, to do nothing was an objective and at the same time keep the character alive so what's going on in your head is is like a million miles an hour and you may have to make sure that it's there so people see something going on that's all it's like somebody asking you, like, don't well, think well, of a white polar bear in a black room, like that kind of exercise. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, wow. Wow. Amazing. All right. It is 3.05. We are running over. I cannot thank you guys for this special moment in our podcasting history. Um, beloved, well-remembered, like I said at the beginning of the show, really touched a lot of lives. I can't imagine how the three of you process this. I don't know if you guys wake up every day and go, I was Daryl. I was Larry. I don't know how you process it. I would be doing that as a humble little podcaster. I can't even imagine when you make a contribution like that in so many homes and so many lives, how you even put that together in your mind, especially without having the ego blow up like a balloon. You guys couldn't be nicer and more down to earth. And I want to thank you for this experience. Well, thank you well, thank so you much. Too. Thank you. And Sean wants to know if we will see Tony on social media. 
Since you belong on social media. <laughs> yeah, you know, Tony, you're not on Facebook. You don't actually exist to millennials. Yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've heard. So I've been, I, I touch myself a lot to make sure that I, uh, if it's, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I you know, that, that kicking and screaming into the 21st century, who knows? It Eventually it might. I mean, uh, you got to uh, make an appearance in a Facebook group because everybody would love to hear from you. Well, uh, I'll, I will give it due and intense uh, consideration. You can ask <laughs> no more. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for coming on thank today. You. Everybody be back here in, I think, two weeks, three weeks. We're taking a little break for the Bluegrass Breakdown. We'll be back in two weeks with John Lear, Fern, D. any parting words on our way out the door? Everybody just loves you guys. Like, really, everybody just loves We love you. Us. Thank you for bringing us all together for the reunion, guys. That's yeah, wonderful. we love it. Thank you to all our fans at Newhart. Thanks. Yeah, That's this great, means great, a lot to pleasure. a lot of people. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Take Thank care. you again. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>